Amen. Can we give God another hand clap of praise in the house? Amen. Don't get quiet on me now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be before you guys today. Let me get myself ready so I can be ready. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to thank you guys for being with us here this morning. Amen. It's an honor to be before you guys. I was just sitting over there and I was just thinking, and we, and we forget this sometimes, just how blessed we are as a people, right? Just, just how blessed that we are as a, as a people. Juwana praying, doing intercessory prayer, and I'm just in the moment of the prayer, so much so to where I realized I had stopped breathing. You ever be like so into something that you be like, let me, I'm not even breathing in this moment, right? You're holding your breath. And I just heard God told me, like, breathe. Take, take in the moment that you're in. And I'm talking about me in a moment of actual breath, but God may be saying to some of us, breathe, amen? You have the ability to breathe. You have a moment to breathe in, amen? And so I just thank God for the moment that we're in right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I thank God uh, for this moment. Uh, giving honor to him, amen. Obviously, uh, the head of my life, the reason why I can even come up here, amen, uh, with any type of substance, hallelujah. Uh, I want to honor our pastor, our first lady, hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for our, the pastor in the house. We can't, we can't have the direction, we can't have the guidance without a head, amen. And so I thank God for him, and then I thank God for my, my lovely wife, the, the recent graduate. Hallelujah, the, the honey in my tea, right? <laughs> the, the creamer in my coffee, hallelujah. Hallelujah, the tootsie in my roll. The tootsie, I better stop that. <laughs> but she the one, she's the one, y'all, who holds me up in the background. When, when everybody come up here and, and be like, Pastor, Pastor Tosh kind of put together. It's because my, my wife done laid my clothes on the bed for me, right? <laughs> reminded me to make sure to put some deodorant on before I head out. She makes sure I'm good. So I can't, I can't get up here in front. Like it's, it's all me. Hallelujah. It's God and it's my girl holding me down. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we thank God uh, for you guys being in the house on today. I know she, she did a kick out of that. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and what we're going to do is as I'm trying to pull up exactly where we're going to be called, my exact note, we're going to be coming, guys, um, out of the book of Matthew, chapter number 5, and we're going to be in verse number 13. And as I was preparing for this, this, uh, this sermon, y'all, I'm always seeking God in those moments, right? Not just to come up here and fulfill a a, a time slot, right? But last thing I ever want to do is come up here and say something God didn't tell me to say or cover something he told me not to cover because y'all may not like what I say, but if he don't like what I say, it's going to be a whole lot worse for me, right? So I'm always very diligent and, and not just obedient to it, right? There's been times I've prepared a whole message and God says do something else and I have to spend, I, the night before, I spend the whole night preparing for something else, right? And this message was a message, y'all, that I started probably like two years ago. 
hadn't been working on it continuously, but I had it in my Rolodex. And every time I would have the opportunity to preach, you know, I would kind of revisit and say, like, is this something that I want to touch on? And God would always say, no, it's something else, it's something else, something else. But this time, God said, go to that message, right? Go to that theme and kind of un unravel that a little bit more for this Sunday, amen? Um, and as I began to do it, I realized, like, through the course of the message that the reason for this being a message, kind of giving guys a little interlude, was because as we get into it, there are going to be some people, either yourself or somebody that you know, who think they're better than they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like they think they're okay. I, I heard a, I heard a story. Just a, I don't know. I must have been on social media or something, and it talked about baby. It talked about it was a man who woke up in hell, and the demons were tormenting him. But the man was running around, like looking under things and searching around. And it's like, what are you looking for? Like you're not going to find any water. You're, you're here. You're not going to find anything. And the man said, I'm looking for that preacher that told me that I was okay. That man, the one who told me that I was better than I actually was. Amen. And we don't want that to be us. Amen. To think we good, to cover it up when he knows my heart and not realize he does know your heart. Right? You tricking yourself. He does know your heart. Amen. So we're going to get into it because this isn't a, it's going to be a, a message of any condemnation. It's empowerment for the believer on today. Hallelujah. So let's go to the Father in prayer and we'll get into it. Father, we honor you in this moment because we know that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So we don't take for granted, Lord God, the opportunity to hear your word, to have a second, another opportunity, another chance to get it right. So God, as we prepare ourselves to hear what you have to say for us, first, Father, I pray that I decrease so that you can increase, that the words that I say are pleasing not just to their ears, but to yours, Father. And I pray that we have ears to hear, we have eyes to see. God, give us the understanding. I pray that the Holy Spirit will correct and convict those that need it, Father God. It will reassure and encourage those that need it right now, God, so that we can live a life that's pleasing to you. We can live an impactful life, God, a life, Lord God, where we fulfill the things that you've called us to do and that we can be the people that you've called us to be. No longer hiding in the shadows, no longer pretending, no longer pacifying past mistakes, God, but we can walk in the freedom that we have in you. We can walk in the newness that we have in you. And we can walk in the authority that we have in you. So, God, we honor you and we thank you right now. And we pray that you do the heavy lifting in this service. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. I waste this water every time. I'll be reading from NLT translation, so it might be different from some of your translations. And so it says this, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make salt, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out 
and trampled underfoot as worthless. Amen. And if I was going to tack a title to this text, guys, it would be this. Are you a seasoned saint? Are you a seasoned saint? Amen. Now, before we get into this verse, we have to address the portion of Scripture that preceded this metaphor that Jesus delivers. Amen. This portion is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, up to this point, you will notice that Jesus recorded words within Scripture had been somewhat limited in his wording, right? Jesus lays out, though, in the Sermon on the Mount, a comprehensive yet compact message, which is more of a framework and a foundation for the truths of the gospel. It is known as the Beatitudes, and it's easily one of Jesus's longest and most detailed teachings that he gives, and that's recorded in the gospel. And it contains some of the more essential principles for living a genuine Christian life. That's what the Beatitudes are. And right off of the, 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 this lecture on the living of a Christian from Jesus, and right off the heels of this historic sermon, Jesus goes into a teaching about salt and about light. And this is where we're going to pitch our tent in today, amen, and we're going to sit in this for a little bit. Because here, Jesus refers to us, the believer, his followers, as the salt of the earth. And then he goes on and he teaches about the value of salt that has not lost its flavor and the worthlessness of salt that has lost its flavor. Because salt without flavor isn't much more than just saying, right? It has no worth, it has no value, it has no purpose. Amen? See, Jesus even understood that there's an expectation that's set on things that God created to produce. There's a, if God produced it, if he created it to produce something, there's an expectation that it's supposed to produce something. Right? In the Gospel of Matthew 21, we see where Jesus curses a fig tree. Why? Because it wasn't bearing any fruit. It wasn't upholding the job description of the creator who created it. And so Jesus cursed it. In, in, in the parable of the talents, in Matthew 25, Jesus tells about a story of three servants who were entrusted with, with talents, with, with a certain amount of money by their master. And while the first two servants were diligent in taking care of those talents, the third one wasn't as faithful, right? It wasn't as faithful to his assignment, and thus he wasn't fruitful, and his master ended up taking away that which he had originally given to him. Amen? And because of this, we see that there's a biblical principle associated with being a good steward of the things that God has given you, with being a faithful servant of that which God has enabled you or entrusted you to produce. Amen? And far too often, we sit on those things that God has placed within us. Right? 
Well, I, I don't know if, if, it, if, it, if it's fear or if it's disobedience, but whatever the reason might be, we find ourselves doing like Sister Robin said, right? Running away from the very things that God is calling us to. So as we get to our verse, we see Jesus is telling you and me, right? He's telling us, the believer, not that we should be sought, not that we could be sought, right? He's saying that we are the salt of the earth. That's encouraging for me, right? Knowing that God declared that I'm, we are to be the salt of the earth, that we have an assignment, we have an ability to produce for God. We have a value, an intrinsic value on the inside of us because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, right? Now, 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 some of us have gone to Bible study. We, we, we've, we've had Sunday service or, or Sunday school, and we say, you know what, I've, I've heard this before. I've heard this, this parable, this analogy. I'm familiar with it. But what does it mean for a believer to be called the salt of the earth by Jesus? What does that mean for me, right? So before I get into that, I think it's important for us to know the significance of what he assigned us as during that time period. What was salt? When Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, what did that mean when Jesus said it, right? What was the, what was the cultural context of him calling us salt, right? See, see, here, here's the thing. Why would he call us something after coming off of this prolific preaching moment, right? He decides the next thing he does is say, you're going to be the salt of the earth, right? See, salt has actually played a crucial role. If we got some history buffs, you know this. It's played a crucial role in the development of ancient civilization. That's what salt has done. Salt has been used by many cultures all throughout the world as a valuable commodity. I was doing some research on salt during that time, and I came across one, one uh, site that said that salt, for some people, was equally as valuable as gold was during those times. Salt and gold were the same level, right? Watch this. The word salary, it comes from an ancient word meaning salt money. When you get your salary, it derives from salt money, right? It was referring to when, when Roman soldiers would be given an allowance to go and purchase salt. That's what salt meant when Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. Amen? So when, so when he compares us to salt, it's, without, it's not without the knowledge or the consideration of the impact and the influence that salt had, right? This, this, this metaphorical statement, it carries a meaning and it carries a teaching that I believe God wants us to know because it pertains not just to my role within the church, but my role within the earth. He didn't say, you guys are the salt of the church. No, no, no. You're the salt of the earth. And I was thinking about this before I came up, Pastor, how so often we come to church and some people think the purpose of church is for non-believers to come in, right? The purpose of church is for this to be filled with a bunch of non-believers. That's not how it is. The church is for the church. And when you bring somebody, watch this, when you bring somebody to church, they shouldn't be coming to church and hearing the gospel for the first time. Before they've come to church, you should have already shared the gospel with them, right? They should be coming in to get acclimated to this life. But their first introduction to Jesus shouldn't be when pastors say Jesus, right? 
So we have to understand, think about this, Jesus even said to go out and make disciples. Right? You're the salt of the earth. Go out and make disciples. So why it's good for us, amen, to come in and to, and, and, and to be encouraged about what God is going to do in our lives. He's also saying, I got an assignment for you in the earth. Amen? So typically, if, if somebody says you're the salt of the earth, what they're thinking about, what they're referring to is a person that's, that's decent and moral. Right? Somebody that's a good person. That's what you hear if somebody says, oh, you're the salt of the earth, baby. That's what comes to mind. But if we look at a deeper insight into the purpose of God assigning the believer as salt, you realize that it's more than just being a good person. It's not just about being a good person. I know this because Jesus asked the question, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? What good is salt? He, he goes on to talk about without saltiness, you're worthless. Saltiness is worthless. Now, now this statement, it, it might be an indictment on some Christians that may be lukewarm, right? Because you're salt, but without your saltiness, there's no value. You're worthless, right? You can profess to be a believer, but if you ain't got the Holy Spirit in you, are you really? So he says, without that salt, without that flavor, you're worthless. Amen? So it can be an indictment on lukewarm believers because guess what, y'all? You can appear to look like salt but lack the impact and lack the flavor that salt carries. Amen? You can have the, I could be up here and have the appearance and I could be a living devil. I can look like salt but if I ain't got no saltiness, if I ain't got no flavor, then it doesn't mean nothing. Right? So we don't ever want to confuse being salt with being impactful, right? God says to be the salt, to be impactful in the earth. So listen to this. How, how, how do we know? And this can be a moment of self-evaluation. How do you know what a Christian who's lost their saltiness looks like? Right? If, if I don't have salt, if I thought I was salt, if I, if I thought I was good, but then I, I may feel convicted that I'm not, that I've lost saltiness, what does it look like? Here's one way. If you stop reading your Bible, listen, you might, you might have lost your saltiness, right? The, the, the Bible is the only way to know what God says and what God thinks about a matter. The only way, right? You, you don't grow in the knowledge of God, right? You don't increase in your potency of flavor, right? You know it's different types of salt, right? You got table salt, you got Himalayas, it's all kind of different salts, some are stronger than other. You don't increase in your knowledge. You don't increase in your potency if you're not seeking God, right? And you can't do it without reading God's word. Amen? You might be losing some of your saltiness if you stop praying. If you stop praying, you might be in risk of losing your saltiness, right? You, you, you don't make time to pray. You, you don't see his, you don't even see the value in praying, right? Somebody say, pray for me. Yeah, yeah, I get to it, right? I heard somebody say one time when people have maybe post something on Facebook and everybody be saying, I'm praying for you, praying for you, praying for you. Most of the people, that's the prayer right there, praying for you. That was that prayer time I did right there, boom, eight characters. You don't even see the true value in it or believe the power of prayer. Yeah. 
right? You, you, you've lost your belief in the power of prayer. And watch this. Your actions correspond with that which you believe, right? Your actions correspond with what you believe. If I believe, right, that if I go to the track every day for a month, I'm going to lose 30 pounds, guess what I'm going to do every day for 30 days? I'm going to go to the track. But if I don't believe it, I'm not going to do it. Right? I, heard, I heard a saying that prayer is one of the few things that you can do that proves that you believe in God. I can preach and not believe in God. I can give money. I can tithe. I can give, offer service. I can do all of that. I can read the Bible and not believe in God. But when I go to a closet and I get on my knees and I'm praying, who am I fooling? I'm not fooling nobody. It's one of the few things that you can do that proves that you believe in him, right? So until your beliefs change about prayer, your actions won't change about prayer, and you may stay in a state of saltlessness. So you stop praying. Here's another one. And this, this, this may hit somebody. You live a life so close to the world that nobody can tell that you're a disciple. You so you guys are one in the same, the best of buds. You in the world, right? This is when you think you salt, but you're really sugar. Look like it, similar to it, totally different impact. Totally different impact. And some of us have been in a space like this really for far too long, right? And I believe God is saying that. He's saying, come out of the character that you're playing. Right, right, right. Put down the facade that you're putting up. Right? Stop being who you think you are and be who I've created for you to be. Right? Because you're either going to be salt or you're not going to be salt. Right? You're either going to be it or you're not going to be it. And so now listen, I, we've mentioned this before, but I want to give an analogy of when you become so close to the world, or really an example, it's not an analogy. You've come so close to the world that people can't tell that you're a disciple of Jesus. So, a lot of y'all probably haven't heard this. This past Easter, there's a mega church, right, who held a Resurrection Day service, right? And it caused quite an uproar within the church community, right? The lead pastor, listen to this, y'all. The lead pastor leading up to the program communicated to his staff two things that were disturbing and indicative of somebody that may have lost their saltiness. Somebody that may be in friendship with the world, right? The pastor stated that he wanted this Resurrection Day service to rival the Grammys. The Grammys, now if you don't know, the Grammys is a musical award show centered around music and artists, watch this though, many of whom are in direct opposition, if not downright hostile to the gospel. Think about that. I want to look like that thing that hates God. I want to look like that thing that fosters people who don't believe in God. This is what this lead pastor asked for. Second thing was this. When people asked him, Pastor, how extreme do you want this service to be? This is what he said. I want to get as close to sinning without sinning as I can. I want to get right there on the edge of sinning Without sin, because obviously if I'm sinning, I can't do it. I want to get as close to sinning without sinning as I can. Does that sound like somebody who is, who, is, who is a friend of the world or an enemy of the world? Right? You want to do as much as you can to mimic it without being it. 
But that's what the lead pastor of a mega church recently told his congregation. See, when you look at the culture and you look at the agenda of the culture and the world around you, you got to ask yourself this, do I look like them or am I against them, right? right? Am I mirroring what the culture is or am I mirroring what the scripture says I should be? And if you find yourself more like the world than you are the word, then you might be salt that's lost in saltiness, right? So if you are that close, you can't even tell the difference, then there may be something to evaluate. Second thing is this. Next thing is this. You lack integrity in Christian character. You lack integrity in Christian character. Your yes doesn't mean yes, and your no show don't mean no. You don't do what you say. You say what you feel. You don't care about what people think, how they feel, how they interpret. None of that, right? The, the, the fruits of the Spirit, you can have that. Gentleness, <laughs> whatever, right? Love, peace, joy. Now, I'm going to live my peace. I'm going to live my truth. You don't have Christian integrity. There's no sacrificial love within you, right? You treat people the way that you want to treat them. You don't love people as you love your neighbors. If that's you, God is saying, you don't have the saltiness. And what is salt without saltiness? It's uselessness. Right? And how about this? You don't talk about Jesus. He don't come up in your conversations. You don't feel the need to share him with people that you're around. You don't bring it up. If this is the most important thing in your life, as so many of us profess for it to be, how is it not a topic of conversation? Right? When, when one of my children do something good at school, I, and I'd I be talking to strangers, showing them pictures at, at the ball game. Like, look what my baby did last Sunday. Look what he did last game. Right? I'm, when I'm so, I'm so proud, I'm showing anybody that will listen what my baby done did. Right? What, what, what I was able to, whatever the case may be. But when it comes to the bedrock of my faith, I'm silent on the matter. It never comes up. You don't talk about them. Or worse, you're ashamed of them. I'd be a closet Christian. Right? I say God, but I ain't going to say Jesus. I ain't going to say Christian, right? You, you hide from that title. And then this, you only think about yourself. And we're, we're going to kind of get into this with our I Am a Christian member uh, Bible study that we're, that we're getting into. But you only think about yourself. Think about this, y'all. There are people that are in your life right now where when they go to God to pray, you never come to mind. Nobody, it's, it's me, God, it's me again. Listen, this, what am I, I got a list written. Listen, God, I saw this new car today. This is this, my boss. You can't, my boss either get fired or promoted. Can you do one or the other for me? You, you never come to mind. They're only thinking about themselves, right? And so if you're in that camp, you need to ask God to, to take away these things. Like, God, give me my saltiness. Give me my savor again so I can be useful in the kingdom, Amen. Right? So, so, so God has called us not to be salt that doesn't have any work, but to be salt that is full of flavor and usefulness. And there, there's four, there are four distinct traits that salt possesses that communicates the impact that God wants for his people. There's four distinct traits. Think about this. Hey, hey have you ever, and I like to cook breakfast at my house, right? Hey, have you ever made some, some, eggs, some, some eggs and some bacon and then you make some grits, right? And you, and you fix your plate and you get it all set up, then you taste your grits. And you be like, Yo, these, these grits are a little bland. <laughs> I mean, this is, these grits need a little kick to them, right? 
Salt. But, 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 but listen to this. This, this, this. this is what I find so crazy about it. It don't take a whole lot of salt to get them grits some flavor. Right? Uh, 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 a lot of times you ain't, you ain't just going to pour it in there like you would some, some, some sugar into some coffee, right? You're you just going to give it just, just a little flick, right? Just a little dash, right? It, it, it doesn't take a lot. of, And, and most times it's, it's just a pinch or two of salt that, that really is needed to give what you need some flavor. That's because of the potency and the concentration of what salt is. Amen. Now, don't get it twisted. We're talking about salt. We're talking about the believer in the earth. The potency and the concentration of a person who's given their life to Christ and has the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. There's potency, there's concentration, there's value that you have. Amen? Think about this. This, this is something I want you guys to, to kind of take note of. Salt is able to do a lot with a little. It just takes a little bit of salt for impact. Amen? Listen, being salt of the earth means that with God, you can do a lot with a little bit. Amen? Watch this. All it takes when you salt of the earth is a little bit of prayer. All that's, it just takes a, take a little bit more prayer to get things moving for God. Amen? It, it just takes a little bit more, just a, a sprinkle more of time alone studying God's word to get God's attention. Amen? It takes a little bit more giving. Just a sprinkle, a dash more giving in the life of a believer. Amen. It, it takes a little bit more time serving and giving yourself to somebody else, another cause outside of yourself. Amen. It just takes a little bit more. And see, while the world wants us to think that we the tail, hello, how, how many people know that God has called us to be the head? Right? Right? He's called us to be the head and not the tail. The world says you're victims. God says that you're a victor in Jesus' name. Amen. But what, his thing, what, what the world don't know, and somebody I, I need to catch is this, is that all I need is 10 good minutes in my prayer closet. All I need is a little bit of extra time with, along with Jesus to get things moving. All I need is 20 good minutes studying my Bible. You know, it may not necessarily take a lot. It just may take a little bit, but it's the potency and it's the power that's in that moment that gets God's attention. Amen? It don't take all, sometimes a little bit more of an offering, Right? A cheerful giver, giving in faith, is all that it takes for God to begin to turn the situation around for us. It, it, it don't take a lot to get God going. It don't. It, it, it don't take what the world is trying to offer us, right? It's just a pinch of Jesus is all you need. Amen. A, a sprinkle of the Holy Spirit is all it takes for us. Amen. And because I'm salt, watch this. God is saying that with you, I can do a lot with a little. You may feel like you're not equipped, right? I don't have, I don't have all the degrees. I don't have all the money, all the connections. God is saying, I don't need you to have anything, right? I will give you what you need to be who I've called you to be. Be who I've called you to be for your family. Be who I've called for you to be in your community, right? Some of us have a calling for the community. And God is saying that you're equipped. Go be the salt in the earth. I'll give you the power and the potency that you need. Amen. He'll do it for us. But, 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 but we got to keep our saltiness. Right? We, we, we can't lose our flavor. We can't forfeit our flavor. We can't sacrifice our savoriness. Hallelujah. We can't do that by chasing the things of the world. So, before we go, I, I, I want to do this, right? 
I want to go over with you guys what Jesus wants, what the expectation is, right, for the believer who's to be the salt of the earth. What's the expectation? Because I don't want to be seen as worthless. I don't want to be trampled on. I don't want to think that I'm better than I actually am, right? So this is what God says. This is what he wants for salt to do and be. We as salt should add value. You should add value. Go out and be the salt of the earth. Go out and add value to the earth. Let's get this. The Oxford Dictionary, it says that salt was once more, and I mentioned it, more valuable or equally as valuable as gold. And that Roman armies would sometimes be paid in salt rather than actual currency, right? And this monthly allowance that, that they were given was called salt money salary, right? Now get this, at this time, there was no refrigeration, right? So it was important for salt because salt was used to preserve meat and other goods. And the preservation of meat and other goods, did what it preserved life for people. The value that you add can preserve life for those that are around you. It can preserve life for those that are around you. We add life, we add value to people. Why? Because we carry the gospel of Jesus. That's the value that we add. That's the life that we can give to something that may be dying and decaying, right? So when we are the solid world, we're preserving that. We're giving it life. We're, we're extending the life. And get this, when God adds value to you, it's not for you. He adds value to you so that you can go and add value to others to extend it. So it adds value. It also does this. We as salt should be an enhancer. Enhance things. We put salt in our food to make it taste better, right? Similarly, the salt of the earth should bring positivity. It should, it should bring enrichment qualities to the society that we live in, right? We've seen what happened when they've taken prayer out of church, when they've taken the fundamental Christian values out of church. It's nosedive, right? Because we're not, it's not there to enhance where the world is headed. We should be enhancing the lives of people that are around us through our actions, through our words, through our thoughts, through our deeds, right? A, a, a Christian should be able to enhance anything that it's in contact, contact with, anything that it's in connection with, right? It shouldn't be, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced a Christian that, that is almost a cancer to a community. They come into the scene, I, and I say the word Christian, they come into the scene and it disrupts everything. That's not what the role is that God called for us to be. We shouldn't be a cancer. We should be able to go and take you to the one that can heal cancer, right? We, we should be the ones that add to an area. Every, every business, every organization, every, every community outreach program should be looking for a Christian to be in the midst because when we come, we come with the Holy Spirit, amen? We come with the divine understanding, intuition, and insight that can be able to help the situation that you got going on. That's what salt does. It enhances the situation. And then it does this. Salt promotes purification. Salt promotes purification. Salt was used. It has a cleansing property that it carries, right? So, so, so when we're the salt of the earth, 
We are to encourage other people to live an upright life. Go out and purify. Go out and spread this purifying message to the world. Right? To, to urge people to purify themselves from their sin. Go to the one that can cleanse you from all your unrighteousness and can forgive you for all your sins. And, and a lot of times we may think, well, I'm not perfect myself, right? How can I go out here and, 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 and urge people to do something and I'm not perfect myself? Again, that's you trying to operate under your own power. But if you would just reside in the fact that this is what God has called me to do, to be, because here's the thing, just like a cleansing property, purification is a process. It's a process. So, so, so don't get fixed on the fact that you're in the process because you'll never achieve completion if you don't start it. So as salt, you got to allow God to use you to be a purifying agent in the world. All right? And then lastly, salt should enhance, not enhance, excuse me, it should influence. Salt should influence. It has the power to transform the taste and the condition of different things, whether it's food you're eating or food you're trying to preserve, it can enhance, it can influence rather, it's quality. We should be able to, to, to enter into a room and be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we have the power to enhance, that God can change the hearts and the minds of those around us so that when it needs to be a God word spoken, you're there. I think sometimes when, when Pastor he'll mention these times, he'll be in a meeting and just by the way that you talk, the way that you carry yourself, you influence the room, not because Charles, your resume, it's because of the God that's within them. Right? So we have to do that. We got to let our salt do that. Be a light in a dark room. You ever been in your room and the lights are out and you get ready to go to bed? And you get like a text message or a notification on your phone? And the entire room is dark. But you get that one message and that light from that small screen changes the entire dynamic of the room, right? It illuminates the area that it's directly in and it begins to spread out just a, just, just a little bit of light, right? Just a little bit is all it takes. But here's the thing, when we do that, when we allow God to use our little bit of light, influence our little dark corner of the world that we're in, it influences and it encourages other people to let their light shine, right? If I see a little light over there, and I've been, I'm in a closet Christian over here, and I see a little light over there, I'm going to be encouraged to let my light shine too. And the more we do it, the more the room lights up, right? So we can influence the world that we in. But God is saying, be that salt, right? These things that are keeping you from being right, stop it. And the things that I've called you to do and be, don't run from it, Right? Be who I've called you to be. Do what I've called you to do. Go where I've called you to go. Right? Listen, man, we, we, we're in a time where I think we think we have more time than we have. Right? I think about it, it, a year and a, and a couple of months doesn't go by when I see a, a, a Facebook post about a classmate, my age if not younger, who's no longer with us. Right? Nobody knows that time. Nobody knows that place. But I know after this life, I have a life after this. Amen? But I don't want to find myself being trampled. I don't want to find myself thinking that I'm better than I am. Amen? We want to know for sure that God is pleased with that which he's produced. 
Amen. And that which he produced and created is producing as well. Amen. So we are to be the salt of the earth. Amen. Amen. So this is my prayer, y'all. That when we leave here, that first nobody's salty about the message, that, that nobody's feeling convicted too much about what God may be saying to us. But then secondly, that we ask God to renew us. If you're in a place where, you know what, I'm in friendship with the world. I'm, I, I, I'm doing a little bit more what the world says, not enough of what God is saying. God is saying today is a good day to get things right. Amen. That you, you want to be impactful. And when I say this, impactful in areas and communities, guess what? God has called me to be a good father. God, I want you to help me to be a better father. This may be an area of opportunity. He's called me to be a better steward of what he's given me. He's given me desires, right? There are certain things that you may have aspirations for that you may not pursue because you think it's selfishness, but it may be God saying, you won't do it if I don't give you a desire to do it. If you don't have an aspiration to open up that business that are going to help people, you may not do it. But you need, to, you need the reassurance of God to know to move forward in it. Amen. So you can go out and be salt in the earth. Amen. So our prayer should be that, the God to renew me, to give me a new saltiness, give me a savoriness again so that I can be used by you. Amen. Amen. So if we can, I want us to stand. And, and, and I want us to pray just for that, right? That as, as a believer, as a Christian, as the salt of the earth, that God has use for me, right? Not just that I'm saved, but I'm of service to him. Amen. And there may be someone here today who may be saying, listen, you can't have savoriness of salt, right? You can't be salty if you're not salt, right? You can't lose these things of God if you don't have a relationship with God. And there might be someone in here today. So I want to extend the opportunity for you to come in fellowship with God at this time. That if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that the altar is open. This is an opportunity for you to connect with the one that can save you. God can save you. Amen. God can change your life. And even if this is you, God can change your life if you're saved. Amen. God can, can do a turnaround in your life. It doesn't matter about the hurt that took place earlier. The, the, your past is just that. It's the past. You can't change nothing about it. But you can walk into a newness with God. If, if we can get that, a newness. That's why every day, y'all know I got a saying, day one. Every day could be a day one for you. This can be the day, amen, that I get right with God. This can be the day that I let go of the addiction. This can be the day that I pick back up what I formerly put down on the ground. And God said, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, right? I, I've come to you. I'm, I'm in your life to add to you, amen? That I, I've come so that you can live an abundant life. We're not just talking about money, an abundant life of purpose and hope and peace. You can have all of that in him. So if that's you, the altar is open. And if it's not, it may be someone who's fallen out of fellowship. You've backslid. 
and you want to make a public recommitment to God. And if that's you, the altar is open, right? We, we will we'll come together, we'll pray together, and we'll reconnect, right? Get back right with God. And then third, you may just need prayer. And if that's you, the altar is open. church that believes in the power of prayer, y'all. We give the first portion of our service every Sunday and dedicate it to prayer. Amen. Because we believe that God hears his people. We believe it. I, 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 I believe it. That the, that the prayers of the righteous, they avail of much. Amen. So let's do this. Let's go to God in prayer that the things that aren't right in our lives and if we're honest there's some things in our lives that aren't right the stuff that isn't right that God can make it right he can make it right and then we can lay, lay aside those heavy things too, amen the, the sin the doubt the hurt people, dealing, people are carrying hurt your, your fist is balled up holding hurt to where you can't receive what God wants for you. Disappointment. I thought I'd be I thought it'd be further along than this by this point. Disappointment, you holding that. And God is saying to release it to me. Allow me to heal you. Amen. So let's go to our Father. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. And we come to you as humbly as we know how, God seeking your face father god we thank you right now because your people stand in the need of a touch from you god we're we're, we're dealing with hurt and pain god we, we may be physically ailing lord god we may be mentally lord god suffering but we know that with one touch from you we can be healed we can be delivered lord god we can be set free so father god in the name of jesus i thank you right now for your healing anointed touch over the life of the believer, for those that are at the altar and those that are in their seats, Father God, I just pray that there'll be a fresh wind that blows over them right now, God, that they'll hear your voice clearer in this time, Father God, that they'll be compelled, Lord God, to follow after you, give them a hunger, give them a thirst, God, give them a yearning for righteousness, Lord God, for the things of God, for kingdom living, for kingdom thinking, and for kingdom, Lord God, assignments that you've given to us. God, we thank you for it right now. That no weapon, God, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. So, God, as we give ourselves back over to you, I pray that you will restore within us, God. Give us the saltiness again, God. Give us a flavor again, God. Give us a give us a value, Lord God. Give us the ability to do the things that you called us to do. To pick back up the things that we thought were dead. God, resurrect those dreams, resurrect that understanding, resurrect, Lord God, those things in our lives that the enemy tried to kill, Lord God, you called it to rise again. So, Father God, we thank you for it right now. Let no one leave here today with a spirit of depression. Lord God, we come against confusion. Give us a clear mind, a clear understanding, 
your vision, Father God, so that we can do what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be, Father God. We know there's no one that's greater than you. There's no one that can touch us like you can, God. And so we give ourselves over to you because you're worthy of it, Father. We give you the honor, Father God. We give you the glory, Lord God. We give you all of the praise because you are indeed worthy of it all, Father God. So we thank you right now for the transformation, for the turnaround, Lord God, for the renewing that's going to take place right now, Father God. We thank you that you've called us the salt of the earth that you told us to go out into the earth and to preserve and to represent purification, Father God, and to add value and to be influenced, to be a light in a dark room. That's us. So help us now, Father God, to get back in alignment with your will for us, Lord God. Let our prayers be in alignment with your will, Father God. Let our actions be in accordance with the Beatitudes, Lord God. Help us to be Christians, to be light in a dark world. Bless us right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. The things that we worried about, Father God, we pray that there'll be an ease. We pray that there'll be an abundance, Lord God. We pray that there'll be more than enough so that we can be about our Father's business, that we won't be troubled by the cares and the affairs of the world, but that you'll meet every need, Lord God, that you'll sustain us, that you'll anchor us in all that we do. You'll anchor us in who we are, God. We thank you for it right now, that you'll give us a new mindset, a new understanding, Father God. The old man has passed away, and behold, all things are new, Father God. We thank you for the newness. We thank you right now, God. Preserve your people. Preserve your people, God. Help us to let go of the hurt. Let go of the pain, God. Let go of the disappointment. And help us to feel that love again, God. That unconditional love, free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from judgment. We just want to feel what it's like to be in your presence again, God. To experience that perfect peace where we're not shaking and we're not trembling, God, and we're not knocked off of our, 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 our positioning, Lord God. But we have absolute and total confidence in you. And we thank you, God, that it's not too late. That if we're here this morning, God, you're saying this is the exact moment that you should be in. It's not too late. Whatever it is that you're thinking about, that you're placing above me, put it under my feet. It's not too late. Things shall, things will turn around. It will work out this time. He'll get you caught up. He'll do it because he loves us. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. It extends farther than we can ever see, Lord God. Your love, God, it covers a multitude of our sins, of our imperfections, of our flaws. The humanity that was instilled in us, Lord God, you covered it by your blood. So we thank you, Father God, for being who you are in the life of the believer. Empower us again, Father God. Embold us again, God. Let us leave out of here with, with the glow of the Holy Spirit on us, Lord God, so that those that see us will know that you must have been around some light. There's something different about you. The things that you're saying have more impact. The way you walk into a room, it exudes influence, Lord God. Let us be the salt of the earth. No longer do we have to scour away, Lord God, but you've called us. Lord God, you called us to go out into the world and to make a change for your namesake. So we will do that, God. And as we do that, God, we know that you will receive the glory for it. So we thank you right now, God. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you for the seed of your word that is falling on good ground. God, that we have ears to hear, Lord God, that you're going to add the increase to it. So help us, Father, to not to leave here lacking flavor. Not to leave here pretending to be salt when we're really sugar. Help us to be who you called us to be. To have the Christian character, the willingness and the boldness to stand up for righteousness. To be the man and the woman of God that you've called us to be in our jobs, in our families, at our church, God. To not stand for foolishness, not to stand for sin, but to stand for you, God. So Lord, we thank you right now for this moment and what you deposited on the inside of us. We thank you, God, that someone is thinking about themselves and thinking about you differently now, God. That we don't want to be like the world, but that we want to be like your son, Jesus. So, Father God, it's in his name we pray right now that you hear our prayer, you hear our pleas, you hear our cries. That you're healing the hurt right now. That you're putting oil and some salve on it right now, God. Put a little rope tussing on the cuts, Father God. We, we know that you're touching us right now. And as you continue to heal us, God, you get the glory for it. Let our testimony be God did it. How did you get a God? He did it. My words, my mouth, my testimony, Lord, I should be an open book for the good things that you've done in my life. And God, forgive us for forgetting those times. For, 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 for minimizing the, the blessings that we receive each and every day for every breath that we take under our own power. Thank you. For every time there was food in the house, Lord God, we thank you. For every time when we shouldn't have made it home because of something stupid we did, but we did, God, thank you. And for forgiving us. Every time we said it won't happen again, Father, and then it happened again, and you forgave us. Thank you. We're not worthy of it. We, we don't deserve it. But that's why we give our life to Jesus, the great atonement for our sins. He did what we couldn't do. He carried what we couldn't touch, God. So we thank you for it right now. God, we love you. We honor you. And we worship you in this place today, Father. As we pray right now, in your son Jesus' name, let those that believe us say amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for being a good God in our lives, y'all. Give God a hand clap of praise. Let's, let's thank God for just the moment we're in, for the life that he's given us. Because he's worthy of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.